Welcome to So Here's the Thing, where we share candid conversations that lift the veil on what it takes to find success, even if that means sharing a few unpopular opinions. I'm your host, Leili Amati. Grab some coffee or a cocktail, and let's get real. All right, you guys, I'm so excited to be chatting with my good friend, Michelle Harris. She is a wedding photographer. She owns a conference. She's kind of like a multi-passionate entrepreneur. She's got a lot of different things going on at all times, which is really fun to watch, Um, but I don't really know how she handles it. But I'm excited because we're going to be talking all about Facebook groups and growing your community and kind of strengthening your community within your Facebook group, which is, I think, something that a lot of us are curious about. I know that I'm personally really curious about it, so I'm excited to hear her take. Michelle, I would love for you to like tell us Tell our listeners a little bit about like how you got started and just a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur because I know that you have so many. I know you you even have like a team of associates. You've just got so much going on. Tell us everything. I do. I do have a lot going on. I um, I started my business five years ago and I legitimately ordered a camera and that's where I started five years ago. So I'm not one of those people who are like, I've always been doing photography my whole life. Like, that's not me. I'm 30 and I started five years ago. <laughs> so I bought my camera and I was like, I'm going to make money with it. So like, I just went full force into a whole bunch of different like business online courses and things. And I had a mentor early on. And then I immediately just kept raising my prices over and over and over and over again. And so um, it got to the point where I did need an associate team to fill in like the gap because I was getting more and more expensive and they are flourishing. And now I'm teaching people how to do that and create their own team. And then I created Hustle and Heels, my wedding conference. And that has gotten bigger and bigger each time. And in a second, we're going to be on the third and I'm already planning the fourth. So that's already rolling and I'm doing a ton. So like right now in the house for due to coronavirus, I am full force in my Facebook group. So this is a great time to talk about this. Yeah, I love that. I'm really excited to hear your thoughts because being one of your speakers for Hustle & Heels this year, I joined your Facebook group in order to speak for your audience since we had to be postponed. We're actually supposed to be there this week. So I'm excited to see you but I'm also really sad that we're seeing each other virtually, but it's okay. We're making it work. You're doing such a great job of bringing us speakers in and giving out free content to kind of bridge that gap between now and the rescheduled date for your attendees, but also you're then providing all this free content for your community and your Facebook group. And I, when I joined the group just recently to go live and and share my online class with your community, I was like, oh my gosh, this is such an engaged Facebook community. This is such like a hopping group. Like I I feel like everybody is talking, everybody's engaging. I have to say I go live in a lot of different Facebook communities and this is in no way a slight to any of them, but yours was by far the most engaged I've ever had a group be during my Facebook live. I always get a few questions. I get some questions afterwards, but this was the most engagement I've ever gotten while actually live. And I loved it as a presenter. So like, I am so pumped to like dive in. So I'm just going to like kick us off by asking right off the bat, like who would you recommend starting a Facebook group to? What kind of entrepreneur? Like where's, what is the purpose behind having a Facebook group or community? Well, I mean, for photographers in general, almost all of the different genres can have Facebook groups and make them like profitable um, and engaging and moving. I know that a lot of boudoir photographers have their own groups and they just bring in women and empower them. And then they end up kind of like selling their sessions. And that's actually where I learned um, a lot of my best tactics to 
growing my Facebook group was from Alex Loveland. Uh, she's a boudoir photographer. She's incredible. Like, so I'd recommend them to do it. And I have, as a wedding photographer, a Facebook group for my brides and I've had it for years. And, um, it wasn't until like the last couple of years that I tried to make it actually really engaging. And it's a way to like add an extra text touch point with your clients without actually having to like send them an email, a personal email or, you know, a text or whatever, them being a part of a group and a community, they feel love. So I think wedding photographers can absolutely have bride groups and make them, you know, flourish and help their business. And then, I mean, educators as a whole, I think having a Facebook group is really awesome. I'm not really big on emails. I'm trying to get into the whole email thing. I'm really bad at it, but <laughs> I put all my energy that I would be writing emails, I think, into um, actually engaging and responding to the different photographers in my group. Yeah, I think that's really, that's a good point that having different audiences like could warrant having different Facebook groups, especially client versus maybe um, like potential client that's like a really big difference too. I'm seeing a lot of photographers start client groups and like former bride groups as like you said, just like another touch point, another way to kind of elevate their experience and make it feel like just a little bit more high end, a little bit more involved, a little bit more invested. And so I love that. Uh, What about like, do you see a need for, like, I know that you mentioned all educators could benefit from it. When you have like an educator I can use myself as an example. I teach a business strategy for the most part. So I'm not really working necessarily like with just photographers or, you know, just whatever, any other small industry. It's just kind of like all creative entrepreneurs, most of whom want to become educators. So that's who I work with. But like, how important do you think it is to have a niche audience? Like how important do you think it is to be really specific in your Facebook group audience? Or can you have it be like, open to anybody who wants to join? So I think it could work uh, either way. I personally chose to go the more niche route because I really wanted just wedding photographers and not just all photographers. Um, But another friend of mine, Tamaya Colvin, she has a flourishing community as well. And she has all different types of photographers, all of them. So like people posting there asking about like food photography and like, you know, branding and, you know, retouching for high fashion things that, you know, they would never post in my group because I can't help them. Um, and I don't have anyone in there to help them, but I think it can, it can work either way. It just kind of depends on what you're passionate about. I know that I'm passionate about teaching business wedding photography period. So that's what I made my group about so that I can help people do exactly what I love. That's super helpful. Um, I would, I, kind of just like as a follow-up question to that, like how do you incentivize all of your paid offerings as an educator and as a resource without giving away too much for free? Because like you said, it's something that you're passionate about teaching. And I know like for me in my Facebook groups, I go live periodically. I kind of surprise them sometimes. And I'm like, I'm going to go live and teach you this. Um, and ideally in like a perfect world, they would kind of go hand in hand. Like how are you incentivizing people to actually buy when you're giving so much for free or like how do you find that balance well the balance that I found as of now is like I will teach something like I'll go in my group and I'll teach like things about pricing and so like I don't have a course that teaches people about pricing but I have an investment guide where they can buy (laughs) the investment guide and then beautifully display their prices that I help them create and things like that so like I'll talk about like it's important to get photographers on the phone in order to 
book them because that's personally how I do. I don't know how to do it via email. Or like I can do it in person. I do what I do on the phone person. But um, I just talk about getting them on the phone and I'll sell them like my initial email script to help them get them on the phone. And then I have a phone script that helps them walk through what you know they should be saying on the phone. But I don't tell them what to say on the phone because that's inside there. But I just explain the importance of those things. I love that. So you kind of like partner a product or something that you already have in existence with like an additional training that is not necessarily included inside of it. I think that's, that's super smart. I, I feel like that's something that I struggle with. Cause I'm always like, let me just tell you everything right now. <laughs> that's why I have this podcast. Cause I'm like, everybody listen to what we have to say. <laughs> Cause I'm going to tell you all the things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just that. keep your money. I'm just going to talk. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I know you always are on me about that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so bad about it. Okay. So how do you get people to stay really active? How do you get people to be so engaging? Like I mentioned, when I went live in your group, I was literally blown away. I was like having the best time you watched. You knew how excited I was. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, great questions. And I never <laughs> get that kind of engagement in other people's groups. Like, how do you make them talk to talk to people? Like, tell me, all, tell me all the things. Uh, well, the one main thing that I do to make them like post and comment, I can't give out, but if anyone's interested, they can get the guide from Alex Loveland. Um, but another thing that I do just in general to get them just in my group and paying attention is I, um, I do different giveaways. So like I, I found that majority of my group, like 87% of them are women. So I buy things like little sparkly things that they love. And then I just do giveaways. So I have them, but when I do it, I make sure that whatever they have to do when they're done doing it, they have to comment on the post. So as long as you have a couple engaging posts, at least three to four times a week alone, like without doing the other strategies that I learned from Alex, um, you know, that helps everything be seen a little bit more. And I mean, they also know that I am pouring every bit of energy into this group and they know that I'm doing it for free um, and like working on their behalf. So they, you know, they appreciate it. So they show up for me, just like I'm showing up for them. Cause I'm like, Hey guys, like, I know times are tough right now, but I'm going to try to make this group a fun space. So like I put that out as soon as like everything started getting shut down. I was like, listen, there's a lot of different groups that you can go to and you can talk about, you know, how your business is like not going so well. And like, you know, find out about all the loans. There are other groups that you can go do that in and I put links and everything, but here we're going to have fun. So I'm doing giveaways and I'm doing as much education as I possibly can and just pouring it into it. And because they see me pouring into them, they show up for me. That is genius because what I'm hearing is like, you're just being really intentional about the space that you're creating and you're being so transparent with your group, which I think is really rare with educators overall is that a lot of educators and a lot of group leaders and a lot of people who want to be leaders feel that leadership means having to separate yourself from a group. But I feel like you are actually like even more involved in your group and you're even more like, I am a human being. I am pouring my blood, sweat, and tears into this. Like I'm here for you, but you've got to be here for me too. And I think that is huge and a really big mindset shift. And I think just being that transparent is, is super awesome. Do you feel like you've noticed that a lot in other groups too, that just kind of like a lot of times we see our, our leaders or the leaders of the group as kind of like separate from us. Whereas I feel like you're, do you feel like your group feels like like I'm there with them. Like I'm, I'm in it with you. Like I'm here to help you have the best, you know, 
success that you possibly can. And I'm not just like, oh, I'll only answer your questions between this time and this time. Like, I'm just always there as much as I possibly can. Um, and it is, uh, it does take a lot of time. <laughs> so I, um, I'm hoping that, well, one thing that I have learned is that scheduling posts is an option in your group for free. Like you don't even need a separate app. Like if you just went in and scheduled, like you did social media, um, engaging posts, and then hopped in like once a day and like, you know, answer people's questions or whatever, you can still do this, but I'm in there all the time <laughs> right now. So that's why my group is so engaging right the second for sure. I think it's really uh, refreshing to see somebody be so like just involved and transparent and like be kind of one with the members of their group and be like a friend and somebody who's going through it with them, even though you might not necessarily be, it might not be completely peer to peer with obviously a lot of your students in there, but I feel like just, it is a nice way to make people feel like you're holding their hand and kind of like helping them succeed, which I, which I really enjoy. Um, okay. So you mentioned it's like obviously a lot of time and it's a huge time commitment. I'd love to hear like some of the benefits of like spending your time on this, because it sounds like a lot of time and a lot of work. And I know that like, we, you know, everybody always says like, oh, you can't do it all. I mean, I truly think like you can do it all, but you kind of can't do it all at one time. So like, what is the benefit of choosing pouring into your Facebook community versus like doing a little bit of everything at once? Well, I mean, right now I'm just kind of focused on the fact that like, you know how they say like people will never forget how you made them feel. And so like my whole point right now is just like to make people in my group feel as loved as possible. So like, even if I have to step away and I'm like, Hey guys, I'm having a rough week, whatever. They'll still be there for me. And remember that, like I put my energy into this, um, as opposed to like, they remembered that I sent them a couple emails with positive <laughs> affirmations in it or whatever. Like, so I'm just hoping that with me pouring myself into it, that it will come back. But I haven't been like hard selling a lot of things, just throwing things out every once in a while. And it's been working out pretty well. Yeah. I mean, I would have to say just from being in there for the short amount of time and kind of like just glancing through and seeing things periodically, like I have seen a lot of success already in just the way that people are interacting with you. So I think that's awesome. And I also feel like, I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like it's a little bit more intimate of a connection with your members versus like an Instagram following and like DMing periodically on Instagram. Like, I feel like you go a lot like deeper and a lot more thorough with your uh, Facebook group than you would with like Instagram. Absolutely. I'm way more open, honest and vulnerable in that space. Um, and I think that's why it kind of reflects that back to me uh, because like there's things I'll, I'll talk about in, and do on Instagram on a very, very small level compared to what I would do like in my Facebook group. Like when this all happened with this COVID stuff, like I almost died at this wedding where I thought it was going to be 10 people and it ended up being 30. So like I was having a panic attack. Um, so I was able to go live in my group because I knew that was a safe space of photographers who were going to be like, oh my God, you know, I'm here for you, that type of stuff. I could never do it on Instagram and like shame my clients. So like, it gives me a safe space just as much as it, it gives them. I love that. I mean, I think that's the whole point of community, right? And so it's, not, it's like the difference between just a Facebook group and a Facebook community, I think is reflected really well in this conversation too. So I think like the last question I have is, 
you, you don't have this necessarily yourself, but I just love your opinion on it. I know that a lot of people right now are adding on memberships and, you know, like memberships as an addition to their online course or mem- or paid memberships just in general to get into kind of like the vault of an educator's resources. If you have a paid membership, do you still see value in having a separate free Facebook group and a free Facebook community? Or do you think people should just kind of like do one or the other? I really think you should do one or the other. I think it's really hard to go in one, be really big, and then try to get them into the other to pour your heart. Like, I don't know. I just personally wouldn't do that. I just think it's one or the other. I used to have a membership, like through like Podia, and I would say like, oh, I'm going to do a different video every week. And it stressed me out. Like I, I realized I was stressing myself out for no reason. So I shut that down and was like, I'm just going to pour all the free education into this. I didn't even make like most of the things that are in my now online shop until November. I've had this community for like a year and a half now. So like, I'm, I think that's another thing that they're like also realizing, like I was pouring and pouring and pouring and pouring in here long before I even made anything to even remotely sell. <laughs> Nevertheless, like how often I'm like pushing it versus not. So I, I definitely think that you should just pick a lane. Yeah. Yeah. I totally think that's um, like a super valid opinion on that. And I think that it's really interesting too, just to see how the whole like give, 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 give a million times and then ask and then sell. And then, you know, I think that that's something that we hear about a lot when we talk about like email strategy or, you know, Instagram strategy. But I, I mean, I haven't really talked to anybody about Facebook strategy. So um, it's interesting to see that kind of unfold in a positive way for you too. This is so much fun. I love this conversation. It's also a great time because Facebook right now is trying to lead people into groups. Like right now, like a, like a year ago, like you might see a little suggestion every once in a while on the side, but like they're, I'm not really sure what they're getting out of it, but they are pushing people to get, come to groups. So like a lot of times when people request to come to my group, I have an option for like just a Facebook suggestion. And a lot of people click that that it just happens to be on the side, like suggested for them because they're a photographer and I put photography in the group. So uh, it's working out right. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. Okay. So before we wrap up with like your unpopular opinion, cause I always ask that, um, I just, can you, do you have like any starter steps that you would tell somebody like here, maybe something that you did in the beginning that you like wish you hadn't done or wish you had done, like maybe just like the first What's like one first step somebody could take today that's like, I have a Facebook group, but I really don't nurture it. Actually, that sounds a lot like me. I have a Facebook group, but I don't nurture it. So like, what would you tell me to do? I I mean, the first thing I would do is like create like a series that you're going to teach. So like if I was going to restart something, I would be like, hey, I'm going to have like a five day book ride bootcamp, you know, live class. So come on in and then you'll see the live class. So like, that's how I'd like bring them in. And then like, over those five days of you going live, they'll get to know you and your personality and like stay or leave and start inviting people and then start like the giveaways and keep pouring into them and go from there. That's what I would personally do if I was starting over. I love that. Actually, it's really funny. This conversation has made me so happy because I feel like the initial concept of this podcast was like, let me record me talking to my friends about things that I want to know about. And that's really what this is. I feel inspired and motivated to go do that in my own group. And I was actually going to do a free uh, training series on my Instagram live. And I'm like, Hmm, maybe Mm. I should do it in my Facebook. So thank you for sharing that. Okay. So what is your unpopular opinion about Facebook groups and communities? Unpopular opinion is that people think that if they, um, that if they make a group that everyone who comes in it is already in a 
ton of other groups. So they're not going to be interested in what's going on inside their group. Like people think because us as creatives, we are in a lot of groups, but like regular people are not in a lot of groups. So like if you make your bride group, that may be the only group that she's in. Like it's like not everyone is in a million groups. Yeah. So like maybe don't be afraid to like really go go and give them a lot of content or like go and give them a lot of things to engage with because they will do it. Exactly. Because you, you just assume that they're too busy in other groups or not interested, then yeah, that's exactly what you're going to get. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. But you have to pretend like your group is the only group, period, and just pour into it and then it will pay off. I love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see you in person in San Diego at Hustle and Heels round three. Super pumped. Everybody needs to go check you out. I'm going to put all of Michelle's information in our show notes, but what is the name of your Facebook group so people can look you up? M. Harris Hustlers. And then it goes dash wedding photography education. Awesome. And then where can people find you on Instagram? Uh, M. Harris underscore studios. Yay. Okay. Thank you so much, Michelle. For show notes and resources mentioned on today's episode, head to SoHere'sTheThingPodcast.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love to read your review on iTunes. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.